0: All right, all right, let's get settled in. Chris Fernandez was up here, so I feel like I have to stay tight like this now. It's going to be hard to maintain this through the whole thing, so I'm just going to chill. Good morning. Good morning. All right, I'm excited. Anybody excited to hear the word this morning? Yes. All right. All right, I got... I got my friends here from House of Inc. Just give them a shout out. Yeah. In Mount Vernon. All right, excited, excited, man. God, God's got a there's a, there's a, there's a, there's a call on your life, man. I'm just so happy you're here, bro. I don't want to embarrass you no more. I'm looking this way. Amen. <laughs> hey, I like to start with a quote. Here we go. The book I, was, I read a while back, and I was just looking at the notes. The book is called The Ragamuffin Gospel. Here's the quote. To be alive is to be broken and to be broken is to stand in the need of grace. Does anybody need? Anybody have a need for grace this morning? Another quote from there. It says, Jesus comes not for the super spiritual but for the wobbly for the weak need who know they don't have it all together and who are not too proud to accept the handout of amazing grace. Amen. amen. Let's, let's take this off. Amen. Amen. Arise. All right, here's the the scripture I kind of want to focus on this morning and where this is all coming from. It's found in Hebrews 12, 15. Hebrews 12, 15. I just took a little piece of it. It's very simple. And I wanted to, I want to, if I could tattoo that in your hearts this morning, I'd like to do that. Hebrews 12, 15, it says, See to it that no one misses The grace of God. See to it that no one misses the grace of God. Last message I I shared with you guys, we were talking about being full of it, right? Remember you got to tell people you're full of it? So many of us are so full of it and we don't even know it. Amen? And the it I'm talking about is the Spirit of God, the fullness of God, the favor of God, the forgiveness of God, the blessing of God. We walk around with the grace of God in us. Amen? From the first day we believed, we've been full of it. From the first day we believed, we've been full of it. Day of Pentecost, Spirit of God, full of it. But but sometimes, even, even when we didn't understand it, even when we didn't know we was full of it, we've been full of it. We're so blessed sometimes, and, 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 and sometimes all we do is complain, right? And we worry about everything, and we stress everything out. I came to remind somebody today, in the words of, of Peter, in, in 2 Peter 1.3, listen, His divine power has given us everything we need. Uh, no, no, no. I'm preaching better than you. Amen. His divine power, His divine power has given us everything we need, the Word says, for a godly life through our knowledge of Him who called us by His own glory and His own goodness. Amen? Everything we need. So, so you can turn to somebody again and tell them you're full of it. And you got everything you need. Amen? Amen? Some of you, that's going to be your favorite part. You got to tell somebody they're full of it. Church, family, we are so blessed. We are so blessed. Now, things happen, man. Life here gets crazy sometimes. There are jobs, our bosses, there's rude people, there's crime, there's disease, there's sickness. Money's always an issue, and our love of money is always an issue, and everything it can buy stresses us out sometimes, right? But spiritually and eternally, we got everything we need. Amen. And so we're going to continue in this series that we started on Easter. And all we've been doing since Easter is we've been following Peter through the Scriptures. And I love, I love doing a series like this one because I get to just follow along in the Scriptures and preach whatever's there. And I love doing that because I don't have to come up with any kind of clever bringing Scriptures together to make a message. The message is already given to us in the Scriptures. Amen. And so I get to talk about whatever comes up in the word as we follow Peter. If he's dealing with fear and doubt, we talk about that. If he's dealing with finances, we'll talk about that. When he goes into topics that we'd rather not talk about in church, I get to talk about that. (laughs) Amen. I get to go there and you can't send me emails saying, oh, you're targeting me. You're picking on me. Stop. You're offending me. I get to say, listen, I'm going to tell you right now if it's coming up now and you're here, God knew. Amen? Amen? So if it hurts, so about it. Ponte VIX. Like all the Hispanics say, Ponte VIX for everything. So about it. Amen? Listen, if it's not for you, if you get like real crazy and offended, just turn to the person next to you and say, yo, he's something to you, bro. That's got to be for you. But listen, I firmly believe the Word of God is still alive, it's still powerful, it still speaks, it's still useful, amen? 2 yeah. Timothy 3.16 says, it's God-breathed, it's useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. What does thoroughly equipped means? It means we got everything we need to do what God called you to do. Somebody needed to hear that today. If that's all you needed, you can go now. You got everything you need to do what God called you to do. Stop making excuses. Amen. Let's pray. No, no, I still got more. Come on, relax. So we followed Peter so far. We followed him through the Gospels and we saw how Peter was one way when, when Jesus found him and, and when, he was, when Peter was walking with Jesus, he was one way. He was a hot mess. Amen. He was full of fear, he was full of doubt, he had a a lot of questions, he had a lot of bad habits, he was impulsive, he had a big mouth, he was bold when he had to be, he was a punk when he shouldn't have been, right? A lot like some of us. Say amen, come on. Take it, take it with a glass of water. And so we followed him past the gospels. We followed him past the cross. We followed him past the resurrection. And then we followed him into the book of Acts so far. And this, this Peter is now so full of it. He's a different man. Amen? The, the Peter in the book of Acts is so full of it, so full of the Spirit of God, which Jesus promised would come, and God sent it to them in the upper room when they gathered. And that same Spirit that Jesus said would be in each and every one of us the moment we believed. Amen? Amen? And so we saw how this, this Peter, now filled with the Spirit of God, has divine power to do... He has everything he needs to live a godly life. And so we saw the boldness and the preacher and the evangelist come out of him in Acts chapter 1 and 2. right? And thousands, like, like Ephraim was sharing, thousands of people responded and they were added to the church. And they became followers of Christ. And Peter used every opportunity to share the grace of God so that nobody missed out. Every time there was a group gathered around him, he dropped it. Every time somebody came around him, Peter dropped it. He saw an opportunity. He was bold. He had everything he needed. I'm going to say that a couple hundred times just because I want you to make sure you get that before you leave here today. Amen. Amen. So in Acts chapter 3, we saw him speaking to a lame man that never walked before. He told him, get up and walk. And the man got up and walked. The man followed him around all day and and got him in trouble with the religious people, right? And by Acts chapter 4, Peter and the apostles got arrested for that same healing. And they were threatened to shut up and stop telling people about Jesus. Anybody here been told to shut up and stop talking about Jesus? Notice there was only a couple hands gone up. Anyway, we'll get to that in a minute. But they didn't stop. They got arrested. They got threatened to shut up. And they didn't stop. They kept sharing and preaching. And the church kept growing and spreading. And Peter got bolder. And by this point, he understood, I got everything I need. I don't have to be afraid of anybody. I got everything I need. I'm thoroughly equipped to do the work of God. I've been equipped to do what God has called me to to do. And for Peter, he said, I got what I need to live right. and, And for me to live right is to share what I got. Stay with me. So others can live right. I'm not living right if I'm not sharing what I found. I'm not sharing what God has given me. For me to live right is to share what I have. Amen? Listen, and so that was put, we we see it right in the early church, that was put in the heart of all the apostles and the early church, and I pray that we get a piece of that in our hearts today. Because I believe that's what we need. Today's comfortable Christianity is pathetic. Today's comfortable Christianity says, yo, man, my faith is personal, son. It's between me and me and God. It's personal. Right? I got what I need for me to make it. I don't, you know, I, you know, just enough. You know, that's between me and God. I got what I need to live right for me. Religion is like politics. You know, I don't want to talk about Trump. I don't want to talk about Jesus. Because people get uncomfortable, you know, and, and so I don't get into it with people. And so while everyone else came out of the closet, Christians are still in the closet. Can I, can I drop a bomb on comfortable Christians this morning? Tell the person that's you. That's for you. That's for me. So, listen. If you ain't sharing what you got, you're not living right. If you were full of it, it would flow out from you. If you were full of it, it would overflow. You know what I'm saying? The grace of God is so overwhelming. The love of God is so big and so wide and so huge and it reaches the highest heights and the lowest lows. It's so huge that if you had it in you, it would overflow. You could not contain it. It's, it's you know, too, too many people suffer and I see this a lot. A lot of people suffer from spiritual hoarding. How many of you watch the hoarding shows? I get like stuck on those things and I can't change the channel. And it's disgusting, right? You ever see one of those shows? These people, they live, man, it's sad, but something happens in their life tragically and and they don't got the love of God and nobody's sharing the love of God from from the couple of shows that I've seen, right? And so they start collecting stuff until they have five and six and seven of the same things. And so their houses are full and they're they're stepping up on things to get to the... And there's no room on the bed to sleep and, and it's a mess, everything. And usually it smells really bad. Usually there's dead things. In the in the hoarder's apartment, and it smells. Usually, the family can't even come over without wearing masks, and and because it smells so. You know, spiritual hoarding is just as ugly. Some some Christian. Oh, this is gonna hurt. Some Christians hold on to blessings so tight, they choke it and they kill it, and they're still walking around with a dead blessing, and it stinks. And the world, and, and then, and then they'll, they'll show the world, look, this is what God did for me. And the world is seeing that, and the world says, that stinks. That stinks. And you say, what do you mean? This is, this is God blessed me with this, uh, you know, and, and, and the people, and, and the world is saying, but how long ago was that? Well, it, well, it's been 10 years. And they say, but if your God is so good, why hasn't he blessed you since? If your God is so good, why why are you walking around with a dead blessing from 10 years ago that smells bad? That's what spiritual hoarding does. Amen? So I'm going to challenge some of your theology this morning. The gospel is not a private matter. The gospel is not a... The crucifixion went viral before YouTube. YouTube. Am I bugging out? The crucifixion went viral before YouTube, before Facebook, before MySpace, before Twitter. It went viral. God's love for us was public. Right? God loves us publicly so we can publicly love. God loves us publicly so we can love the public. That, that's crazy right now. Come on. And we have so many excuses, right? I, I know, I know all your excuses because I use them. You think I'm a pastor like 24-7 and I'm always walking around, oh, the Lord bless you, the Shandola you know. Blah, blah, blah. And everywhere I walk, like in the street, I walk really fast. I'm a fast walker and so and I work in Manhattan so you can imagine how annoying that is. Because I'm a fast walker and in Manhattan people just want to walk slow and they just want to change lanes without even telling you. And you're like... And I get angry. I get so angry, right? Any of you fast walkers? And then people like, they are walking like they got no direction in life, just and they'll stop and look at their phone, and you're like, Come on, man. And I'll confess to you I'm not praying for them in Latin, I'm not I'm not blessing them, shall I? The Lord be with you and the Lord bless you. I get angry, right? And so, and listen, I know all the excuses, and, and, and so I hear, no, but, you know, I'm not living right, like a hundred, you know, I'm not really like a hundred right now, so, so I don't tell nobody I'm a Christian, because, you know, I don't want to be a hypocrite. How I many they use the hypocrite line? Because I don't want to be a hypocrite, you know, so, you know, but when I get it together, though, pastor, when I get it together, though, man, I'm going to be out there, bam, 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 bam. <laughs> You know, when I get it together, can I give you a reality check, bro? You're never going to be 100. Amen? Can you take a deep breath? You're never going to be 100. You're never going to be perfect. You're never going to be good enough. You're never going to qualify. You know how I handle that? Listen, I tell people in person, and I preach it from the pulpit. I tell people, listen, man, I don't always say the right things. I tell people, listen, I don't always do. I'm a jerk sometimes. sometimes. Sometimes I think about myself more than other people. Sometimes I have incredible opportunities to shine and I punk out. Me. And so I tell people that. And then I tell them, but you know what? God still loves me. And you know what? God still uses me. I know, bro, and I tell her, I know, I don't understand why. I don't know why, but he still loves me, and he still uses me. And listen, I want to be a better person. I don't want to be a punk. I don't want to be a screw-up. I want to follow God closer, but I'm not perfect, but I'm also not a hypocrite. I'm learning more and more what God has in store for me. I even see in my struggles, in my hard times, how God is working in my life. And guess what? Bam, I just testified about God, right? By telling them about my weakness, I just testified about God. I didn't glorify myself. I didn't say, yeah, but you know, I'm the pastor of a church in the Bronx, and you know, yeah, oh, we got so many chairs, my God. <laughs> oh, we might be the biggest, you know, on that block. Um, but yeah, no, for sure, God is moving in my church. Yeah, no, I tell listen, I'm a jerk sometimes, but God still uses me. And so, bam, you get to testify about God. And so the more you hear and read and understand what the Word says and and the way God works in your life, the more we find, man, we got everything we need. And that's what I want to deal with in this message, man. Jesus told Peter and the apostles before he left, he said, when the Holy Spirit of God comes upon you, you will receive what? Power. And I love it, but Christians cut it right there. You will receive power. And a Christian likes to stop. There's no period there, but people love to stop right there. When the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you will receive power. And so we're like, yeah. I want to walk on water. I want to raise dead people. Well, Give me a dead guy. Bring a dead guy over here. I want to I walk in power. I want the power of God. I want healing. I want words of knowledge just dropping into my head. Papa, you got an issue with your father. God says, I'm letting you go. God says, I'm, I'm holding you. I'm there, right? And I want to walk in power, but that's what the scripture says. The scripture says, not the televangelist. The scripture says, you will receive power to be my witnesses. Whoa, wait a minute. That's not fun. <laughs> God says you will receive power to be my witnesses and then he goes further he says in jerusalem and in judea and in samaria and to the ends of the earth now listen that verse is deeper than we might imagine he's telling the disciples you're going to receive power to be my witnesses he's saying i've given you everything you need to be my witnesses you're going to testify about me you're going to tell people that i am who i said i am you're going to tell people who i am in your life you're going to tell people what i've done in your life you're going to tell people that the things you couldn't do before you could do now because of me. And listen, and he says, you're going to tell people that I came as a ransom to lay my life down so that even those that killed me could have life. Wow. My witnesses, he says, oh, why did he say Jerusalem, Samaria, Judea? And why, why, why did he say that? Listen, my witnesses in Jerusalem. Jerusalem is the place where you are right now. He was telling them right where you are, you're going to be my witnesses. Jerusalem is the place that you are right now. And right now for them, the place that they are, are the people that just finished killing Jesus. How exciting. You're going to be my witnesses to those that just killed me. You're going to be my witnesses to... The, these people just finished hating his followers, killing Jesus, and he says when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you're going to have the power to be my written, witnesses right where you are. To those that wanted me dead. Family, where's your Jerusalem? Where are you right now? Where's your Jerusalem? Go and see to it that no one misses the grace of God there. Amen? Amen? Like, don't go right now. I'm not finished, but. He says, you're going to be my witnesses in Judea. Judea was also a Jewish and hostile place for Jesus. They rejected everything he did there. They rejected Jesus' teaching when he was there. He's saying, now, go to, and be my witnesses to those that reject me. Go and be my witnesses to those that don't believe in me. Go. You've got everything you need. See to it that no one misses the grace of God. Amen. It's okay, baby. It's alright. He says in Samaria, so why did he bring up Samaria? That's a rough spot. In Samaria, the Samaritans were half Jewish and half everything else. And so they worship God and they worship other gods. A lot like Hispanics today. Right? We got the Jesus piece up in the house and we got la vihen de la chancleta of whatever, whatever... We worship God and we worship all the gods. We got, we work, right? A lot like Hispanics. We got, oh, Jesus protects me, but I got this and I got the sobache and I got this and I got this saint and, and I got that saint. You know, we're good, we're good, we're good. And Samaritans were just like that. They, they had, they worshipped everybody. Ay, ay, ay. And so they mixed their cultures together, and that was a big problem back then. The Jews hated the Samaritans because of that, and the Samaritans hated the Jews just because of you hate me, I hate you too, right? It was that kind of thing. And so Jesus says, go to even to Samaria, and go see to it that they don't miss this grace either. He says, Samaria is, the, listen family, the, Samaria is the place that you don't want to go. Samaria is the people that you don't like, the people that you don't think like you. That could be the the atheist, that person at your job that's always, you know, bad mouthful. It could be the guy at school. It could be that people. It could be those people that run the business in your neighborhood that are from a different background and religion and that are maybe associated with a lot of hatred and violence. Go, Jesus said, they need grace too. Go, they get grace too. Those that live in an alternative lifestyle, they're not like us, they need God's grace too. Those that are transgender, go, they get grace too. What? What? They get grace too. Those that are not like you, they get grace too. Those that look a little different from you, they get grace too. They're a different color, they get grace too. They speak a different language, they get grace too. Oh, come on, man. He says, until the ends of the earth. So for the apostles, the, everything outside of Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria was the Roman Empire. To them, the ends of the earth was the Roman Empire right? So that means, you know, that, that, that's all they knew outside of the people who they were. Those are the people, a lot of people at that time rejected Jesus because they thought the Messiah was going to come and deliver them from the Roman Empire. They wanted a Messiah that would come in and, and, and free, free them from their oppressors, right? Who would lead them and bring down the Romans. But Jesus is saying, listen, share with those that oppress you. Go, they get grace too. Yeah, fuerte, I know. Go and tell the people who despise you. Tell the people who reject you. Tell the people who killed me and hate you. Go and, and tell the people who oppress you. Go, they get grace too. The Bible was the original Ohana. Nobody gets forgotten, nobody gets left behind. All right, if you don't have kids, you don't watch that movie. Never mind. <laughs> Jesus is saying, Go, I've given you everything. Thing you need let me be real with you as if i haven't yet um many come to church to find the comfort of god right when was the last time you comforted somebody with the love of god when was the last time you shared with somebody when's the last time you gave somebody a word of encouragement when was the last time you testified to somebody about the love and grace and mercy of god And if never, why not? Maybe you're a hoarder. I love you, but you know, I just got to tell you the truth. Amen? Maybe your Christianity stinks. Maybe you got to drop the dead blessings and open your hands to receive God's new blessings. Open your hands to work, to to see what God wants for you in this day, on on this season, in this time. What does God, God, what do you want to do in my life now? Amen. How can we have everything we need and encounter people all around us hurt and broken and lost and stay quiet? I love this. This is an old quote. It says, Christianity is just one beggar telling another beggar where he found bread. Wow listen I was hungry like you and and this place there's bread bang if we if we hashtag follow Peter as he follows Christ we're going to use every opportunity to talk to people and to pour into people and so You'll see that now as we follow Peter now. Everywhere he goes, he has the power to be a witness. He's walking in that authority. In Acts chapter 5, this is crazy. In Acts chapter 5, the high priest, that's the high priest of the Jewish empire, right? The high priest of the church. He, he um, it says, he got filled with jealousy because of all the people that were following Peter. How I many of you know sometimes there's jealousy in the church? How I many of you know sometimes haters gonna hate? <laughs> And so he was filled with jealousy. And so he had Peter and the apostles arrested. And they were put in a public prison. And and they were locked up because they wouldn't shut up. Right? And so Acts 5.19, check this out. They got locked up. They were put in prison. And Acts, in Acts 5.19 we read, But during the night an angel of the Lord opened the prison doors. I mean, no, know the power of God can open prison doors. Come on, some of you are here because God opened prison doors. Say amen. So so he, he opened the prison doors and brought them out and he said, go and stand in the temple. That was a gangster angel. He said, listen, you, you just got arrested for preaching in the temple and they threw you here in jail. I'm going to get you out of jail. Now go stand in the temple first thing in the morning. He tells them. And, and go and speak to the people all the words of this life. And so when they heard this, they entered the temple at daybreak. Yeah, I don't know about you, but... I'd have to second think about it. I had to think about this, you know. I just got arrested for preaching and, and, and an angel let me out of prison and says, go, go preach again. Go preach some more. And so early in the morning at daybreak, they were in the temple preaching, ra- waiting for the Jewish people to get there. They got there first. They opened the gates. They opened the door. They were there waiting before the religious leaders got there. Right? And so, the next morning, the high priest came after he woke up and had his bagel and his whatever, falafel and whatever they have, you know. And he he said, bring those men from the prison. Bring them here before us. And then in Acts 5.22, it says, when the officers came, they didn't find them in the prison. It says, so they returned and they reported, we found the prison securely locked and the guards are standing at the doors. But when we opened up, we found nobody inside. Say amen. And then somebody came and running into the court and said, yo, those men whom you put in prison, they're standing in the temple preaching. They told the high priest, come bro, they're in the temple preaching. And and so they send soldiers again, they bring them and they tell them, didn't we tell you to shut up? Didn't we tell you to stop talking about Jesus? And Acts 5.29, Peter and the apostles says, listen man, we got to obey God imagine if that was our answer for everything. Listen, man, why are you doing this? Why don't you do it? Why don't you do it? Listen, man, I got to obey God. I got to obey God. I got to do what God says, not what man says. Why am I still doing it? Why am I this? Because this, even after that? Why? Because I got to obey God. And so Peter, Peter shouts out to him and says, said, Listen man, we listen to God whom you hung on a tree and killed, but God lifted him up to give repentance to you. Peter says he died and rose for you. And so when they heard this, they were enraged and they wanted to kill them. Verse 33. These people were capable of killing them. They just killed Jesus, right? He said they were enraged and they wanted, and so they called in the apostles and they beat the living daylights out of them says they beat them and they threatened them again not to speak about Jesus anymore and they let them go. Listen to this, verse 41. This is crazy. Then they left the presence of the council rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer. They, there, there's something here for us, church. I want, I want to get... I know this is a tough one. The natural reaction of anybody who gets up, who gets beat up for doing nothing wrong, is not rejoicing. Can we say amen? I don't know anybody here got beat up and was happy. Right? I'm so happy they, be- they chose me, like, to steal my sneakers. <laughs> that was so awesome that, that I'm, like, happy. I'm excited that they stole my, you know, whatever. Nobody. The natural reaction is not to, to, be, to be rejoicing, but Peter and these men, they experienced something so real. They experienced something so powerful, so unquestionable, that their natural reaction is isn't, it, it's not, oh, this isn't fair. Like a lot of us in church, amen? It was, thank God that I'm counted worthy to suffer. Peter said, I get to suffer for the one who suffered for me. That's a different breed of Christianity, man. I'm longing for that. We, we have that same Holy Spirit in us. God has given us everything we need. But listen, we get hurt by someone in church and we turn away from God. Right? Don't shake your heads because you've done it. We get hurt by someone in church and we turn away from God. We suffer sometimes because of our own choices and decisions and we get angry at God and we leave the church. Somebody misrepresents God and we get treated poorly or, or even something even dumber. The pastor doesn't say hello to me or pastor's wife didn't kiss me and we leave the church. Like we're going to punish the church and hurt it. Pastor don't want to say hello to me? Fine. Let's see how he does without my tithes. Mamita, I take your $11. And it's all good. It's good. Amen? God is faithful. And and understand, this is what we have to really understand. When you're not going to punish the church because you're the church. You're the church. When you hurt the church, you hurt you. When you hurt the church, you hurt you. Maybe, you know, Peter was, was thrown in jail for telling his story. And he got out of jail and he told more people. He was threatened and beaten by religious people for talking about God. He was threatened and beaten by religious people for talking about God. Does that make sense? We hear that and we, we can say, oh, amen, and we can rejoice. And, and, but when it happens to us, we question God immediately. Right? Can we be honest? Right? We question God. Listen, we, we, when something like that happens to us and we're like, oh God, why did you allow that, God? I don't know if I could, if I could be faithful now. I don't know. Because, and we start questioning God immediately. You know, they, they were doing the right things and, and God, you let them get beat up and that's not nice, God. How many of you have ever told God, God, that's not nice? Right? God, that's not nice. I'm doing the right thing and you let them break into my car. Why didn't you break that guy's hands before he broke my window? God, come on. Come on, we think that way, right? God, why didn't you have, like, have that guy trip and break his face on the sidewalk as he was coming to break my car? Why didn't you protect my car? Or sometimes it's even something a little harder. Sometimes it's something a little more personal. God, why, why is my son sick? Why is my wife sick? Why did I lose my mom? Why did I lose my dad? And those are hard things, man, but immediately we, we question God and, and we, we handle all of our hardships that way. And I mean, I remember just, it, like it was just the other day, my car got broken into, they stole my laptop, my iPad and all the new stuff that I had just gotten from a brand new job I just started. And I remember coming here on this stage and crying to God. To God, why did you allow that? I'm going to get in trouble at work. I mean, what if I lose my job now? Why did you allow somebody to break into my car and steal my laptop? And I remember I booked an appointment with God's secretary, man. And I had a meeting with him. And I said, God, why did you allow... And I'm embarrassed by that. Because while I'm shouting about my laptop, some, some mom is holding their kid born with cancer. Some... Somebody just lost somebody. I'm and I'm crying and I'm I'm coming before God, before the throne room of God. I'm coming boldly like the word says with with nonsense. With porquería, with disparate. I'm embarrassed by that, church. Anybody ever been hurt by the church? Peter and the apostles got beat. Some were killed by church people. do you ever see it that way? They got beat and some of them were killed by church people. But they went to the end in glory. They went to the end rejoicing, amen? Because maybe, maybe the difference was he didn't have another church to go to. <laughs> maybe Peter, Peter started the first church, he didn't have another church to go to. So maybe that's why that never even crossed his mind. I'll just go to another church. Forget these people. I hate that pastor. Maybe, maybe, or maybe Peter understood that he was the church. Jesus said, on this rock, I will build my church. Maybe Peter understood I am the church. If there's something wrong with the church, there's something wrong with me. And I need to work on that, and I need to correct it, and I need to make it better, amen? And so his, his role was to make things better, and his heart was duplicated. As the church grew, more More people like Peter came out. And in Acts 6 and 7, the church was growing so quickly, and the apostles couldn't handle all the work that was needed, and so they saw it right to appoint deacons, amen? Where are my deacons at? So the first deacon was also the first person killed for their faith. Thank you. Thank you, deacons. I didn't tell you that when you signed up, but um, the first person that became a deacon was the first person killed for being a deacon. It was Stephen. And Stephen told the people the truth, man. Stephen was just like Peter, and God was working through him, and a group of people rose up, and they set him up with the high priest again. The high priest was against him, and the high priest confronted him publicly. And Peter, I mean, uh, Stephen just spoke out just like Peter. He told him, listen, man, you guys think you're holy, but you're bugging. You, God is working all around you and you don't see it because you're so caught up in religion. And the high priest, listen to what it says. Scripture says they got so mad that they grinded their teeth at him. Anybody ever seen somebody grind their teeth? Yeah, how pissed off you got to be to grind your teeth? Like dogs do that. Right? Like for a human to grind his teeth. It says they grinded their teeth at them. They were so angry that they were about to stone him. And I don't mean like get high with him. I mean they were going to stone him. They were going to hit him with rocks. And, and so, so they're coming around him to hit him with rocks, to attack him, to kill him. And, and Stephen is just chilling. And he says, all of a sudden, he says, I see heaven open. And I see the Son of Man sitting, standing at the right of the, of the Father. And it says, and, and verse 57, as he starts to speak, it says, But they cried out with a loud voice, and they stopped their ears. And they rushed toward him to attack him. And they cast him out of the city and they started to stone him. That's such a picture of the world today, right? They stop up their ears. They don't want to hear anything about Jesus. Right? That's a picture of our society grinding their teeth at believers. You can believe in anything you want today. The world celebrates every kind of tolerance, doesn't it? Every, you can believe in Allah, in Buddha, Buddha, Buddha. But Bala, you can put their names together and make your own God. It's all good. It's all good. Anything you want to believe in, it's all good. There's tolerance, there's diversity. Target says, I don't care if you have a penis or a vagina, you can use whatever bathroom you identify with. It, the world is just so, everybody's tolerant, everybody's so accepting, but don't say Jesus. Don't say Jesus. Because the second you say Jesus, then, then the world, all of a sudden, they grind their teeth and they stop up their ears and it happens all over again. They come to attack. And I love the way this chapter ends. They're, they're attacking him and they're hitting him with rocks. Can you imagine hitting him with rocks? How many of you think that's fun? They're hitting him with rocks and they're yelling and they're stopping up their ears and they're angry. This whole scene is crazy as hell if you can imagine it. And verse 59, it says, And as they were stoning him, he called out. He said, Jesus, receive my spirit. Wait, before he leaves, he goes, Lord, don't hold this against them. And then he fell asleep. He fell asleep, the word says. They killed him. He fell asleep, though. See, you can't kill what God has called. Listen, I don't know where you stand today, but we've all come to the understanding that God has already given you everything you need to live godly. And I'm not saying your excuses are not valid. You've been hurt by the church. I'm sorry. Stand with Peter. You've had religious people throwing rocks at you. I'm sorry. Rest with Stephen. But remember, even in his last prayer, he forgave them. He said, don't hold this against them. But pastor, I've been wounded by the church and me too. I'm sorry, bro. But how long are you going to hold on to that? You're still walking around with crutches and braces when God said, get up and walk. Amen. (laughs) Forgive and be free. The word of God says that we who follow God, I'm going to close with this, I promise, I know we're getting restless. The word of God says that we who follow God are the salt and light of the earth. Now, we can do a 10 week series on salt and light and I don't think we'd scratch the surface of what God is saying with all of that. I I don't think God put a light in us and equipped us to shine so that we can have pretty light shows in a building. Like, look at my light. Look at my light. And we gather in, one, in pretty buildings with pretty people in pretty places and have pretty services. Your light is so pretty. Oh, your light is prettier. <laughs> I like when your light mixes with my light. It's so pretty. We're like a, a kaleidoscope of lights here. It's so beautiful. I love coming to church. People that carry flashlights are people that are prepared to encounter dark places. So if God put a light in you, it's it's because God is preparing you to encounter some dark places. Amen? Watch, watch, this gets worse. Salt, you're the (laughs) salt, this is bad, this is going to be the last one I hit you with, I promise. Salt... A lot of uses for salt back then, right? Salt preserves. Salt brings out the flavor of things. But you know one other thing that they used salt for back in the time? In the desert, there's not a lot of wood. So the people cooked on manure. Everybody knows what manure is, right? For my Spanish people, that's cocky. But I'll keep saying manure just so it sounds better. But people cooked on manure and because there wasn't wood. And so they would use animal dung, animal manure to cook with. And so they would put salt in the manure because it made it burn brighter and last longer. We're called to be the salt of the earth. That means sometimes we're going to find ourselves in some dark places and sometimes we're going to find ourselves in the manure i almost said the other word (laughs) we we might not like that that might be scary it might be uncomfortable but we have to learn to count ourselves worthy because god says so amen Go and worship team, please come. Go and see to it that no one misses the grace of God. Now listen, family, we're going to be here right after the worship time. If you need prayer, we'll pray with you. If you I believe there's going to be uh, healing rooms right today. And so if you need a prayer, if you need God to pray with you for healing, just, just go to the rooms there on the side. And we have a bunch of people that are just prayed up and excited and they want to pray with you. We're here to serve. We're here to love you. But well, here's my challenge with you. Here's my challenge for you this Sunday. This has been driving me crazy. It seems like every time you log into Facebook, somebody's challenging you to do something. How many know what I'm talking about? We've seen the... Sin- some, some challenges are stupid. Some challenges have a purpose, like they have a cause, and some are just to see how stupid you are. We've seen the cinnamon challenge, right? And kids are getting choked out and getting sick, going to the hospital. We've seen the, the, the ice water challenge, and that was for ALS, to raise awareness for ALS. And so a lot of people like to put water on themselves, but didn't send a dollar to ALS, so what's the point? We saw the set yourself on fire challenge. A lot of dumb kids got hurt with that one, right? Remember that one? People put alcohol on the. I'm going to tell you, I don't want nobody to do it. And then all the fitness heads came out with their challenges, do a 100 squat challenge, do the ab challenge, do the, the leg lift challenge, the, right, right? I just got nominated for the 22 push-ups for 22 days challenge for veterans. Anybody? Then we see everybody and their mother, they doing the running man challenge. If you're from the 90s, you know that's not the running man. Amen. But anyway... And so each of these challenges, they post a picture or a video of yourself doing the challenge, right? And then, and then what you're supposed to do is you're supposed to challenge your friends to do the challenge. So you're like, the push-up challenge was like day one of 22, and you do 22 push-ups, you know? And then you say, and I nominate, you know, Danny to do the 22 push-ups for 22 days, and you nominate somebody, you tag them. And, and now, you know, you tag your friends, and your friends tag your friends, and your friends tag more friends, and this goes viral all over the world. And everybody's doing push-ups on the internet. I want us to try something. What if we use that power for good? So I want us to try something. Those of you that are on social media... I created, we were talking, me and Bert were talking about this at work, and we were talking with a couple of people at work, even people, not even Christians, but they have lunch with us all the time, and so we get to kind of kick this around with them, and they were like, yo, that'd be an effing great idea. (laughs) And I love this, I love that. I love that. And so I already tested it, I did a market share with the world, and they they like it, I, I think it'll work. So here it is, the TSF Love Challenge. I challenge you to take a picture under the love sign. Can you get my picture? Oh, there it is. You're going to take a selfie in this lobby underneath the seven-foot love sign in the lobby. And you're going to write, day one of three, I challenge. And you're going to challenge somebody that's never been to TSF or somebody that hasn't been here in a long time. You're going to say, I challenged you to, where is it? Take a picture under the love sign for three Sundays and, and tell I challenge you to experience the love of God at TSF for three Sundays. Amen? Can we do that? And then, you know, we'll have them challenge somebody and then and we'll take, you know, selfies and you guys love taking selfies anyway, so let's, let's put it to use. Amen? Let's challenge somebody. Listen, not because we need to fill this church, but because... We want to see to it that nobody misses the grace of God. Amen? And so I challenge you to live this way. I challenge you to be about it this week. I challenge you to, to look for opportunities this week and to share the love of God wherever it is. I challenge you, no matter how you, you could be new to this. You could be brand new. This could be your first Sunday. You came for a baby dedication. I don't know what the heck I'm doing here with a selfie and a, and a whatever. And of course I in the thing and I'm thinking about taking pictures. I don't know what I'm doing. Listen, I believe God called you. I believe God has a plan for you, man. I believe God brought us together to be the one universal church, the one church of God. Amen? To join together with other churches that are gathered today in Jesus' name and to live this thing loud, to live it proud. Amen? Can I call you out the closet? Can I call you to step forward? can i call you to step out and shine can i call you to get in some deep doo-doo sometimes because god is calling you to do that come on let's worship this is i end with this last quote from spurgeon he says if sinners will be damned then at least let them leap to hell over our bodies If they will perish, then let them perish with our arms about their knees, imploring them to stay. If hell must be filled, then at least let it be filled in the teeth of our exertions and let not one person go there unwarned or unprayed for. Amen. Hallelujah. Can we just stand together?